ஆள் ஒரு ஆள் மலை பாதையில தனியா போகையில Hey everyone, welcome to the special episode of Creating Life. We wanted to record a quick episode about the film everyone's talking about in Kollywood right now, Super Deluxe. We saw the film last night and we're excited but also a little intimidated to get into it, right Nikhil? Yeah, absolutely Sindhu, but I think it's, you know, a fruitful discussion and I, mm. you know, I'm excited to talk about it with you. But before we jump in, just a couple of housekeeping things. We want to thank everyone who tuned in to our first episode. Uh we released our second episode about the internet yesterday so you can just check that out. We're also now on Spotify, Pocket Casts, Breaker and Radio Public for any of you who gets their podcasts on these platforms. We're coming to Apple really really soon. Okay, so let's get to Super Deluxe. And just a warning, this episode is going to be full of spoilers, so be prepared. I know everyone is trying to avoid spoilers uh, in the film right now when they discuss it, but we want to start digging deeper. I'm actually very like we said before i'm actually very terrified sindhu of course you're afraid of the internet now you're afraid of this film but tell us why nikhil <laughs> because this is a film that's being loved lauded and dissected in so many different ways unlike any other tamil film i've seen since uh, the director kumar raja's first film aranyakandam yeah but you know what's interesting is there's been like an 8 year gap also between both films and the immediate reception to both has been so different because with the first one aranyakandam when it released nobody knew who kumara raja was and it didn't do well at the box office and it's really after like a few years that it built up and became this cult classic yeah and its cult status at the time uh, of its release and when it won the national award um it it emerged because uh, of the controversy that it had with the censor board so it was one of those controversial films that was totally unabashed about its content there's a lot of uh, profanity there's a lot of violence uh, it's very explicit in the way it approaches uh, its story and so there were 30 to 40 cuts that the censor board asked them to do including uh, a cockfight that happens in the film yeah and i think what we see on streaming platforms i think it's on hotstar for sure yeah. is the edited version which a lot of people say is not nearly as uh, powerful as the uncut yeah and and it's a, a print that clearly is not um it it's definitely a print that isn't the final print of the film where you can see that the quality of the print isn't like what you would expect on a streaming platform hmm. and and you know there are all these people who are like even on social media they're like guess what guys i watched the the uncut unedited version of the film and it's like this mirage that doesn't exist anymore and this this is like a small group of people who are you know a cut above the rest of us who yeah. haven't seen And I think that film and its cult status has uh, generated like you said the sort of following that uh, you don't see with a lot of other filmmakers and mm-hmm. even Kumar Raja himself when he did an interview with the Hindu I think last month said that the film is sort of like a mystical yeti that hardly anyone has seen but everyone talks about as if they've seen it mm-hmm. um and you know the reality is that when it released in theaters it disappeared after a week not many people actually showed up to watch the film when we talk about it in the broader context of Tamil cinema Um it's interesting how it was way ahead of its time because just a year after it released we saw films like Pizza Sudakavum Naduvulu Konjam Pakathakanam and a whole new wave of filmmakers who were part of this offbeat movement outside of mainstream cinema and i think also the the allure of uh... the director today is the fact that there was such a big gap between his first and second films right so people were like oh he's up to something brilliant great um but he actually said in that interview with the hindu which you and i both helped out in in mm-hmm. some capacity that 
he's only doing this film to be able to go back to chilling he's like ah oh, yeah so he can get money to continue chilling and meanwhile everybody else is ascribed to this personality this very deliberate exacting personality to him to him and they think he must be some genius with his, this big room of flow charts and tarantino esque <laughs> intention and he's like ah oh, no nah, guys that, that ain't me <laughs> like you know yeah exactly but um, i think that makes him more um alluring yeah he's kind of like the terence malick um of tamil cinema because of that big gap and because uh with aranya ganam and its cult status and now with super deluxe you have these two films that are being endlessly dissected and a filmmaker who is unabashed about his influences we actually start discussing the film i do want to say that as a viewer who's seen it only once so far uh, it wasn't a perfect experience for me uh, and i'm still grappling with that and second you know this is a f- difficult film to really talk about in in detail because the more you describe it the more it defies description but we'll get into that in a little bit mm. okay so let's let's go to super deluxe right so it's this anthology esque film with four narratives basically yeah and they are all connected to each other in some way even though we don't find out about that connection until towards the end of the film absolutely um and so let's just uh, talk about what those four stories are right hmm. so in the first story we've got uh, samantha and uh, fahad fasil who play a married couple samantha uh, over the opening credits we hear samantha talking to um, an old college friend of hers Uh, and they schedule a meet up and he comes home and she basically cheats on Fahad with this guy who's her ex by the who's way who's her ex and yeah. one of her exes in college yeah. um and right after they have sex he dies of course um so that's the first story and then the rest of the story is Samantha and Fahad need to uh figure out how to get rid of this body essentially yeah and we have the second story which is for school boys who bunk school to watch a 3D porn film Mallu uncut and they find out that one of the boy's mothers played by Ramya Krishnan actually acts in the film and this boy gets really angry and he breaks his friend's TV set so the boys have to go on this journey through the city to find money to get a new TV because before the father comes back home yeah and uh in the third story we see a young child expectantly waiting and this is the vijay sethupathi story a young child expectantly waits for his father uh who's abandoned the family for about 7 years but it turns out that when the father returns he returns as a transgender female hmm and the the last one is uh, a priest played by director mishkin who has this crisis of faith um related to a tsunami and he becomes this uh evangelical pastor of sorts and uh, his wife the former porn star Ramya Krishnan have to kind of work together to find money to get their son who is the one who broke the TV in the previous story to uh, to help him get an operation basically and it's yeah it's just quite ridiculous <laughs> yeah and it's also filled with other zany characters like bugs bhagavati parmal plays a corrupt cop who shows up in these different stories in different contexts and he's called berlin like that's the name of <laughs> his character's name it, yeah true. special inspector berlin yeah <laughs> um and then there's a bunch of other characters like in particular there's a muslim don that i really liked i don't know the actor who played him i'll mm. have to find that out um and then all these smaller characters that keep popping up uh in, in in different ways including both human and not so human. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, so let's just before we get really deeply into it, wh- what was your 
what did you think of the film just as a viewer and not necessarily a, crit- a critic so my first experience of the film uh because it's a, it has such a different structure from other films and it's it's so non traditional in the way it progresses um uh you can sort of put it in the context of other multi narrative films like uh the mexican wave of film films like amores perros or mm-hmm. babel or even paul thomas anderson's magnolia um but uh those film while well, those films have this sort of unifying thing that connects them all uh, from the outset you know that these stories are connected from the outset um and uh, you're led to believe uh that but in in super deluxe you don't see that connection immediately and in mm. fact because each story goes at its own pace there's no kumar raja doesn't rush into connecting them and uh playing around with these connections in different ways it's not about that each story basically exists on its own and as a viewer there were some places where the pacing felt off i i mm. sort of felt especially we discussed this in the about samantha and fahad mm. um towards the second half of the story it sort of felt like it was dragging on and on and on until the you know the in- inevitable uh, conclusion um and so you know it's it's a 3 hour film uh there's no gap in terms of there's no breathing room as a viewer uh you basically have to jump from story to story to story and mm. uh this is something that you know Bharadwaj Rangan uh, whose review of the film is excellent uh as a first reaction he also mentions this where you know there's no real lead in from one story to the next it's like mm. there's a quick wipe or uh, a visual from one story just cuts to a, a similar parallel visual from the next Hmm. like when samantha cries we see the uh, uh, the boy from one of the from the group of boys crying as well so that's like a visual cut hmm. um and so uh, you know it's it's overwhelming because you're dealing with so many elements but what about you sin i i actually really liked it i i did think it was a bit long and mm-hmm. i think the least uh, favorite um, narrative was the one with uh, samantha and fahad fazil because it i don't know it felt I don't know if the acting was off or the characters were under explored but it just felt like nah. um but I loved the cinematography I loved the way the the colors and the the just the art uh, production and the way the sets were built I Yeah absolutely I mean in every frame you can see the detail to which everything has been thought out yeah. both in the foreground and and in the background and some of the things for example in Samantha's room we see a draw a mural of a tsunami in the background which obviously connects to Miskin's story mm-hmm. and then if you look at the costumes i mean uh, so uh, the producer Errol Matishi uh, handled the costume design as well and some of the costumes are amazing for example one character is dressed in a desert uh, in a, a dress filled with desserts like donuts and ice creams mm-hmm. um uh, an interesting character definitely yeah. and then obviously uh, Shilpa Sari and all these different co- the costuming in it is brilliant as well yeah and i think even the set design where they walk through a bazaar which uh, is at the end uh, the sun it's quite uh, it's it's a lot it's very intricate and what we've realized that is that it's a little location agnostic we never find out where the film is actually set it's not you know there's no reference to cities it's it's um, chronologically also agnostic we don't know when it was said there's reference to a tsunami that could have been the 2004 tsunami yeah um there are lots of anachronisms in the film where you know the kinds of phones they're using are a little dated but the TVs are 3D um television screens like you uh, pointed out yeah it exists in a universe of its own like any yeah. street sign that you see is either covered up to 
to uh, mask where, where what, what street is. it is yeah, yeah. exactly and i i really liked it i think it's it's wacky it's completely unprecedented for tamil cinema and but it's also super local like it doesn't borrow from those anthology esque films that you um, referenced uh, like um, amores peros and all of that because it's very grounded in a very, uh, like an indian um, south indian mentality for instance we were we were talking about this before like um if if your ex lover comes home um to your house where you live with your husband and you have sex with him and he has a heart attack and dies and you didn't kill him my first instinct or i feel like any uh, most people in the world or like people who live in maybe a little more progressive society their first instinct would be to call the emergency services and report this murder because i mean report this death because it's not a murder right you would rather live with the shame of that the shame that society imposes on you not what you necessarily feel <laughs> then try to dispose of a dead body and live with the guilt of uh, mm. you know it's almost like you your guilt is akin to murder right 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 and that just shows and when farhad fazil the husband comes home he's like i don't want the world to find out that my wife has been sleeping with someone else so we like very aram se get rid of this body and right Uh, they don't think through it you're like you know a police department doesn't suck so much that they're not going to be able to trace this back to you yeah and the i mean the master plan is to uh, put a car put their car on the train tracks with the body and he gets hit ha huh, it's like okay what, what about the license plate <laughs> what was he doing in your car right exactly but I, that's what i like it's it's so grounded in uh, a in local moment, reality yeah. and it doesn't yeah. aspire to any like western um like kind of society it's it's very much a world that we can recognize we can see people doing this we can actually envision a world where a woman would be a work as a porn star to make money right right and support her family right and and uh, not have to apologize for that when her son confronts her about it because that's what she has to do yeah. um and uh, just coming back to uh, the universe for a little bit for example uh, the boys who go to buy a tirutu vcd a porn film mm. right you won't need, you don't need that in the age of the internet mm-hmm. but they do so anyway and going to a theater to watch a porn film again is uh, who does that anymore yeah who does that anymore exactly <laughs> maybe it's because um all these isps have banned these websites like porn hub now yeah so, so it makes it so timely back to basics yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but let's move on to another aspect that you know i really loved in the film which is it's it's infused with cinema all around right there are mm. obvious visual touches with the uh, posters we see kill bill we see sympathy for mr vengeance we see uh, badlapur in the scene in the uh, vcd shop um, but there are also more subtle references uh, some of which have been pointed out on twitter already where uh, in the scene where samantha and fahad push the mattress down mm. uh, the the theme song for star wars plays out over another swaram right mm. which is an interesting blend of western and uh, you know tamar uh, cultures hmm. and then in the scene where um, the the don is running behind the one of the boys with a slipper to whack him hmm. um, and another tv is broken we get another swaram of uh, the theme music from eyes wide shut which hmm. is you know which is called a waltz it's called waltz number 2 um so so those references are more subtle and then we've got the another layer which is the samantha fahad storyline is similar to a film called weekend at bernies which the plot of which is two guys are invited by their boss home and they find out he's dead and they mm. need to pretend that he's still living and it's a comedy basically mm. just mm. similar to what they do um and then um 
the whole tsunami story with the idol is very similar to funnily enough dasavadaram where mm. there's an idol in the beginning of that film that shows up at the end uh, that's brought that's that's shown because a tsunami happens in that film and in fact if kamal were to do super deluxe he would basically act as all the characters including shilpa oh for sure <laughs> i'm sure that's his plan too so But definitely there's 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 uh, cinematic references all over the place actual content and what the filmmaker might have been aspiring to to say um a couple of the stories have commentary on like morals and moralistic society right especially the vijay sethupathi narrative where he basically leaves his family and f- is away for 7 years has a son or like his son grows up in that time and he returns as a woman shilpa mm-hmm. and shilpa is transgender and the kind of trials and tribulations she faces just in the span of a day and it speaks about and he says and the only person who's really not judgmental of the decision is the son who basically says well you're still my parent I'm proud right. of you your sari looks great I want to show you off at school mm. and it's it's kind of nice to see through the eyes of a child but I think what it missed out on was uh, the complexity or the it glossed over the the whole transgender experience and before the film realized I mean before the film released I was actually thinking about you know is it okay to have a man play a transgender character when we know that there are many transgenders who live in our society right and it's kind of like the whole scarlet johansson playing a transgender uh, scandal in hollywood i don't think tamil cinema has even evolved to that point to have that conversation yeah i yet. think uh, as a culture we're too far behind to have those conversations right now yeah and and so but then when the but and to, to just to have somebody like vijay sethupathi playing a transgender character is in itself a huge deal right and i think the director had um, in an interview i think it was the same hindu interview he was like you know how in, in response to a question about this he'd been like how does that make sense like should we then say that only doctors can play doctors or that um if you act in a film and your character dies does that mean you're dead in real life so that was his argument but i think it's still glossed over that you know whole experience of that seven year gap Hmm. it glossed over that experience of becoming a trans woman and i think but do you think the story is about uh that transformation or is it about after that transformation how society treats these people right i think it's more a, it's more a look at how they're treated versus what they go through but which it, is it, which is a, which is a fine criticism to have about the story right that huh. it, no it it's definitely like you said it is about the latter it's right. what happens when she comes back but i felt like it it's even in that present day portrayal it made it look all the references to the past kind of made it look like a very easy or simple process but in reality she'd gone to bombay she you know was sure, but at the same time there's that emotional story she tells miss miskin right about mm. the the things that she's had to do, do to survive yeah. and she's having to contend with that now right so mm. sure i mean on the one hand i do think that you you could interpret it as being overly simplistic but at the same time you know there is a level of depth to which it No there definitely is and I, and I I'm I'm almost wondering if the director made it so simple because he didn't want it to be a big deal maybe he wanted mm. to normalize having transgender people on screen Yeah right. that that could be one thing and I feel like 
um with a narrative as big and sprawling as this there are always going to be gaps right there are mm. always going to be things you could say like samantha and fahad's characters not being as developed mm-hmm. um so yeah i think that's just an extension of the structure of the film right that yeah. you w- you won't be able to explore all the characters as much as you would like to as a viewer but i still i really still think that like just in the way that i believe that samantha's and fahad's acting could have been better or their characters could have been um, drawn out a little more i feel like this also could have had a little more depth to it right without changing anything about the story right, um, right. what i want what, what i also want to spend some time on is um sort of looking at the big picture of the film right because after these stories are presented to us and after we see the various twists and turns that happen in the middle section of the film it sort of moves into a more uh, cosmic and a more philosophical uh, area mm. um a spoiler alert there's an alien in the film she's the one wearing the donut she's dress she's the one wearing the donut dress uh i don't know if we can call her he or she even the characters are like what they yeah they yeah they yeah. yeah. um and so you know what did you feel about that the 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 philosophy that sort of encompasses the narrative you know i i i liked that there was an alien i um thought it was fun the but, the girl sitting next to me was like what the fuck is going on oh she literally said that yeah. um it wasn't me <laughs> <laughs> um but you know i i felt like it had almost been added for the sake of adding it's like okay we have all these elements we have religion we have uh, pornography now let's add an alien because at the end she also you know they're sitting on the terrace and she says to this uh, character i think we're all one we're the same and i was like oh come on <laughs> <laughs> um so it it felt a little contrived to me but right. i'm still glad there was an alien and i'm glad she was wearing the dress she was wearing no and i mean um it's it's interesting how uh, this movie is a combination of pulp fiction and cosmic philosophy if you look mm-hmm. at the stories uh two of them are uh pure crime stories right one of them is pure noir hmm. uh which is samantha's story the other one with the boys is pure like crime and gangster based um and black comedy happens there but then when we look at miskin and uh uh and uh, vijay sethupathi's stories hmm. we see more of a morality tale morality drama and this crisis of faith that we were talking about as mm. well so it's an interesting mix of these different films um but having those different stories in one place also makes this film uh defy categorization and 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 defy an overarching way to discuss it yeah. so you know we were discussing about you know what is it about right if if you're talking about super deluxe what is the film about and you can't really say it's about any one thing for example we were talking about how um it could be about how society places these conditions on us and we're forced to behave in different ways which mm. also goes uh, to the trailer which is a you know which is about the story about a man running from a tiger and caught in these different situations mm. and driven to do things he wouldn't otherwise do um and so we see that those conditions placed upon uh, shilpa we see those conditions placed upon uh, ramya krishnan's character mm. leela we see it placed upon samantha and fahad's couple um but when you take the three boys running around to get money for a tv you don't see those conditions placed or, right? or maybe it was the director trying to make four films because he realized it had been 8 years since he <laughs> released his last film but you know i think it doesn't need categorization I, in a way i love the absurdity and its uh, mm. um randomness a lot and i think that's kind of what made it interesting as well right no but i but but i also think that the randomness is part of what 
as a storyteller he's going for yeah i think it's very much a part of his aesthetic if you will it's it's almost like have you watched that film wild tales right the argentinian film i've seen some sections of it i haven't seen so all they're of all it. unrelated but mm. the 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 irreverent and i love that film and i think the irreverence of the tone is uh kind of similar to this one except he's just brought all of it together by making them intersect at different points but the themes are different like you said right and i think it's honestly it's a bit relieving also just to have a, a break from uh, samantha's uh, story or um, the other st- like uh, after a while i kept looking forward to what was coming next because i knew it would be different right 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 um but do you think in terms of the structure of the film that way right hmm. what do you think uh, it would have been like to see this to see the story on netflix or something where each episode is just that particular story mm. um and then maybe the alien pops up like <laughs> at different <laughs> points um yeah do you think that would have changed uh, fundamentally changed the experience because one of the things i found myself thinking about as while i was watching this film is that these stories exist so independently of themselves mm. that they could just you know you could just follow it to its inevitable conclusion and then start the next story uh. i feel like you know uh, jumping from one to the next to the next to the next it becomes exhausting to a point it's also tired imagine if you had to watch just one of those stories mm. for like half an like kind of like a lust story right anthology i think i would have gotten bored right right, right. B- because also the way he kind of goes between these scenes right just the scene transitions mm. um, as simple as that right. i thought it was kind of interesting and also the visual flourishes like the plane flying overhead huh. in, in uh, different scenes um but the timeline was a bit confusing i have to say because i just assumed it was a day in the life of right but it's not because one yeah, because, uh, narrative clearly precedes yeah bugs basically you know is in two different stories in two different yeah. costumes and times right so yeah. it doesn't fully uh, stick together um but i think it's interesting how you know we as a culture are analyzing this film so deeply you know mm. already there are think pieces out on twitter from like i said bharadwaj rangan raja sen and uh, and other critics who are sort of coming out and talking about the film because it 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 sort of reflects how we're ascribing so much meaning onto this film when mm. one of the questions that the film asks is you know why should why should we ascribe so much meaning to so many different things mm. when we are challenged in so many different ways right mm. because a lot of the characters in the film put their faith either in religion or in people in society and they're constantly thwarted at every different turn and i think that experience that they have is similar to us where it's like we're trying to trying to ascribe meaning onto this film but at every different point it sort of evades our grasp yeah definitely and i think at the end of the day if we um we also need to kind of i'm curious to know what it is about the film that got so much hype hmm. uh, especially because like you said the the yeti syndrome right not a lot of people have watched his first film but everyone's like whoa but i also think uh the reason why there's so much hype is because of the the times we live in because the publicity campaign around this kumar raja promoted this movie himself Hmm. um vijay sethupathi is in it vijay sethupathi is in it Ram- exactly. ramya krishnan and the the digital publicity machine if you opened youtube every day hmm. uh, super deluxe was putting out something either on his channel or through related channels like yuvan shankar raja on his youtube channel would hmm. release something whereas with aranya kandam like we didn't have such a uh, an overwhelming youtube uh, collywood presence at that time so here's a question if the same film had released 8 years ago hmm. in the same way that aranya kandam had come out do you think it would have received a different response is is a hype 
very much a part of how it's being conceived today absolutely because if you look at how film companion has covered so many different interviews with the super deluxe team including the writers and how you know uh, nalan uh, nalan and miskin mm. have written sections of the film right yeah. um and the fact that you know their uh, critical cachet has added more to the hype for the film um and also you know the screenings in bollywood so anurag kashyap has uh, tweeted about it a lot of people in the film industry have tweeted about this film whereas with arnyakanam i mean not many people from bollywood were on twitter in the first place mm. and uh, so obviously the pre release hype wasn't as prevalent which is a little interesting i think it's a commentary on our capitalist society and the commodification of entertainment um, i think more the latter than the former but yeah well one follows one the follows other. the other <laughs> um, definitely and i i'm i'm going to just bring in one last thing which is sound mm-hmm. and this is something i've told you many times it's um dubbing is something about a lot of tamil films that really irks me when you know someone's body is shaking a certain way when they're sobbing but because they've been doing it from a dubbing room like it's just out of sync and right. i'm just like oh. um and i think uh, sound is such an important part of the film experience and i like especially um uh vadachane too right like the, the character saying something and his mouth is moving a different way and i'm like come on guys i'm a like, little more forgiving of this as you can see these are festival films right <laughs> um but maybe we'll save that for another episode yeah, i think we out... should bring in uh someone with experience in dubbing and uh someone with live sound experience and you know compare the two if that's you when you're listening please write to us yeah right? please write to us and we'll schedule uh, an interview with you yeah okay so that's a lot of deep diving processing should we just go watch it again now yeah let's go watch super deluxe again let's go have that experience and maybe we'll uh, record another one of these in a month's time for sure <laughs> um thank you everyone for listening to this episode and we hope you are as intrigued by the film as we are if you watched it definitely let us know what you think we are at creating life podcast at gmail.com we will respond and you can find us on twitter i'm at reelection boy <laughs> uh that's re-election boy and sindhu what about you it's not re-election the way i thought it was um oh i'm at sinduri n we also have a website creating her podcast.com and you can check out our episodes wherever you get your podcasts unless it's apple just wait a couple of days